Hi, this is Brandon Miller from Champaign, Illinois. Hey, this is Keon from Concord, California. Hi, this is Sean from Somerset in the UK, and you are listening to the Dad Tired Podcast. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad's Hard Show. Super good to be back here with you. If you have not signed up for our family leadership program, uh, unfortunately, you probably missed our November cohort, but we will have one going in December. So spots fill up for these super quick. Again, if you are serious about leading your family well, this is the best way to get equipped to start leading your family, to become the husband, the father, the disciple that God is calling you to be. Go to dadtired.com forward slash lead and you can get signed up for that before spots run out. If you are a wife listening and this is something that you'd like to do for your husband, you can gift it to him. We actually had a few wives do that the last two months. And uh, the guys always are like, I don't really know what my wife signed me up for. And then they get in and uh, we've had multiple guys say that it was life-changing experience for them. So again, if you want to jump into this, go to dadtired.com forward slash lead. Today we are talking to Arlene Pelican. This is such a great interview where she talks about how we can as dads develop a plan when it comes to technology. There was some stuff that she said in here when it comes to screens and screen time that, you know, I've, I've had a lot of these conversations before on the podcast, but I had never thought of a lot of the things that she brings up. I think it's going to be really helpful for you guys. Before we jump into that, though, I do want to thank my friends over at Blinkist for sponsoring today's episode. I've told you about Blinkist many times. They are one of the most used apps on on my phone. It's a unique and powerful way to read books, to listen to books in just 15 minutes or less. It works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. They give you the best key takeaways, the need to know information from over 3,000 nonfiction bestsellers in over 27 categories, and they condense them down into what they call blinks where you can consume a lot of information in a very short amount of time. I use them when I'm traveling. I'm actually about to hop on a plane tomorrow morning to go to Houston to do some speaking over there, and I will listen to a bunch of blinks on the way there. Um, Again, it's as busy dads, it's hard to consume new information, and uh, they make it really easy for you to do that. They also have full-length audiobooks and podcasts, exclusive podcasts, a lot of cool new features that they've just released. Two of my favorite books on Blinkist right now are Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, a must-read for a tired dad, and The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, a past guest of the Dad Tired Show. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our Dad Tired audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash tired to start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership and up to 65% off audiobooks yours to keep forever. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash tired to get 25% off a premium membership and a seven-day free trial, Blinkist.com slash tired. That being said, let's dive into today's interview. (music) 
Arlene, so excited that you're hanging out with us today. You are one of very few women who have joined us on the Dad Tired Podcast. But, I feel uh, very privileged. <laughs> but you know, I'm very popular with dads because I have another book that's called 31 Days to a Happy Husband. And it's all about like rekindling your love for your oh, husband and, and dreaming together again. And so my husband's always like, you got to read that book again. So that's his favorite, you know. So I, <laughs> I gain a lot of points with the husbands because I tell their wives you know, the stuff that the husbands want to tell them, but I tell them. And so the husbands are like, yeah, give it to him, give it to him. Because I, so I interviewed 31 yeah. men to find out. And Dr. David Jeremiah is one of them, comedian Tim Hawkins, and just what do you do? So anyway, that's, I love talking to men. So thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm honored that you're here. And that's so funny. I feel like I have the opposite, uh, the, uh, the, the opposite the, reaction. The other with role. Women. Yeah, the other role. Like women, uh, oftentimes wives will come up to me and say, thank you for what you're doing and helping my husband. So and maybe we should tag team more. And uh, I love that. Yeah. Anyway, well, I'm so excited that you're here. Uh, I would love to talk. You have a new book out um, about screen time. And yeah. uh, you wrote it with Dr. Gary Chapman, who's also been a guest on this show. Um, but man, uh, there is never, I mean, any time in kind of this century or this decade is a good time yeah. to be talking about screen time. But especially right now in the middle of a pandemic, when a lot of our kids are spending a crazy amount of time on their screens, uh, either for just like, you know, their normal like iPad, video games, TV or whatever. But then also a lot of kids are uh, having to do it because of school and they're, they're going through all their you know, schooling online. Um, how do you like what what do you, what are you learning in the middle of this pandemic when it comes to kids and, and being on screens? Yeah, it's kind of like before the pandemic, if you had it working then you're, you're probably doing pretty good and your child's maybe learning some more self-discipline and you're seeing some good things. But if you were having problems before the pandemic, this thing has just added jet fuel. So yeah. it's, I think, really hard for a lot of families because I think for some families, it could be like, hey, we have more time together. We're going to start biking together. We're going to like, you know, like my husband's getting into rowing right now. He bought all these SUP, these stand-up paddleboards. Like he's kind of oh, going yeah. crazy that direction. He had us doing home improvement projects. So I think in some families, it could have been like, hey, this is, this is giving us more time and we're doing this cool stuff. But I think for most families, it's like, okay, now we have to work. We have these kids. We have to keep them out of our hair. And the screen time's really working. So we're just going to do this. And I think the hard thing that's going to come from this, you know, what kind of habits are, is your child learning? What kind of input? Like, you know, yes, you can be reading the Bible using your phone. Yes, you can be Skyping grandma. Yes, you can be doing Khan Academy and learning math. But what is your child really doing, you know? So that's, I think, what's really hard is what kind of influences are happening right under your own roof for kids even really young yeah. and what habits are they building? So a great question to ask is just, hey, when there's free time, what's the default activity? And I mean, I'll be honest, it's, it's screen time. You know, it's easy. It's relaxing, you know, but to think, okay, how can we turn this default activity into reading or walking the dog or doing exercise. Maybe we can have some really fit kids you know, after this yeah, pandemic. Yeah. But I tell you what, for most people, it's, it's, it's really uh, dangerous and difficult. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, cause the, I was, uh, I took my son with me to a speaking engagement this last weekend and we yeah. were at the airport and we were sitting waiting to board. And I, I told him, I'm like, son, look, look right now to everybody. Yeah. And there wasn't a single person. We couldn't find a single person in that, uh, the, the gate that, that was not looking at their phone. 
Yeah. And, and so, you know, it's just fascinating. And, and he was saying like, well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> you know, you know, is that a bad thing? Cause he's right. had, he's seen screen since the day he was born. Yeah. And, uh, and so you just kind of mentioned that, like, why is this so dangerous yeah. uh, for and a it, kid? For, you and know, how to interesting too, that you use the airplane um, analogy of being in the airport. Cause in the book screen, kids, Dr. Chapman and I talk about, can you imagine if you were to board an airplane with your kids, like you just did. And the gate agent was like, Hey, side effects of boarding the plane may include obesity mental health issues, depression, sleep deprivation, social incompetence, attention problems, delayed speech, and eye damage. Mm. You know, can you imagine our, us as parents? We'd be like, no way. You, yeah. th- you mean there's like a 20, 30, 40% chance that my child will get that? Like, I'm not going on that. And so when you see children and younger and younger, if they're on screens, this is impacting their brain development. You know, their brain develops all the way to age 25. It's impacting their physical health. So, so many more kids who are obese because they're, you don't get a whole lot of exercise while you're playing video games. So all these things to help parents understand, wait a minute, this, this isn't normal. Kids are supposed to ride bicycles and play baseball and play dolls with their girlfriends, you know, and, and be out and about and social and all these things. So it, it, it is something that people should be uh, afraid for. And I hate to be so like alarmist, you know, but you just think of the developing brain, you know, um, Jared, when we got our house, it was just in dirt. And we went to be close to my parents and my parents assured me, don't you worry, that's going to get developed. But yeah. can you imagine if it stayed dirt? Like if years later, I was just still living in dirt, like I cannot even get to Costco. But of course, those roads were paved. Well, your child, you just have to picture your child's brain is all this dirt. And the way they're going to get pathways to competence is by doing stuff. So a road that says, this is how I sit down and read for 15 minutes. A road that says, this is how I greet someone, even in an airport, and just make eye contact and say, good morning. You know, these are all roads that have to be paved in the brain. And if the brain sees there's nothing here, it just sloughs it all off. So you don't want your child when they're 8, 10, 12 to be like, okay, what roads are there? Okay, there's the YouTube road. There's the Fortnite road, there's the video game road, there's the TikTok road, right? You don't want that. You want there to be much more in the brain and the brain is literally atrophying because your child isn't using certain muscles. So you're right to have your you know, child look around and then realize that you've got to learn social, like your brain has to learn social things to be able yeah. to greet one another. It's crazy. We, my wife and I were talking about this the other day, how that they're you know, one-year-olds, I have a one-year-old yeah. and how they can, she can jump on my phone and navigate to YouTube yeah. in, in six seconds, you know? Right. You're like, you're one. And, yeah, exactly. Yes. And, and so, you know, there's, it's kind of, you kind of laugh like, Oh, look how smart your kid is. But, but then there's these studies are showing those same one-year-olds, two-year-olds, three-year-olds that can navigate these screens so well, yeah. can't stack blocks. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they're, they're having like, like these normal things that they right. should be developing are actually like very far behind. It's, it's deeply concerning. It really uh, is. What are the studies showing? Like what, you know, I, I know we don't want to just, we jumped right in and we're telling everybody, yeah. sorry, your life's going to suck, you know, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but like, what are the but studies the, showing? But, but there are good news because there's something you can do about it. You're a dad and you can rise up and you can do something about it. So they're doing this huge ABCD study. It's adolescent brain cognitive development and it's national institutes of health. And they're following um, over 10,000 kids for the next decade. And some of their early findings, which are kind of like, oh boy, is they already 
found that the kids who are on phones, tablets, video games more than seven hours a day, and that's kind of scary because I know during the pandemic, and we'll talk about this in a sec, that's a lot of our children, but they're noticing a premature thinning of the cortex, which means the part that gets your information about your five senses, that that's starting to dull in children. And that usually happens when we turn 60. So it's kind of like these poor little kids that are so little and they're experiencing this brain effect that usually happens when you're much older. But here's what I want to say to comfort you in terms of, oh my word, my child is getting more than seven hours because they're at school for seven hours. There is a difference between a digital vegetable and a digital candy. And that's a good way to talk about it with your family and, mm. and impress your wife with this knowledge, you know, but the idea of a digital um, vegetable is something like, hey, let's Skype grandma. Let's listen to this Bible lesson. Let's learn Spanish. Let's learn the guitar. It's something that is going to help your child to grow. And you know, it's a digital vegetable because they're never sneaking around doing it. Okay. Mm. They're never like in the middle of the night, I got a you know, Skype grandma. So, you know, it's a digital vegetable because most likely you are encouraging them to do it and there is nothing addictive or harmful about it. And then of course the digital candy is something that is addictive because it's yummy. It's good. Like, Mm. let me just watch one more YouTube video. Let me play this game, you know, one more level. Let me just post one more thing. Let me scroll through for five more minutes. So that's digital candy. That's okay for a little bit, but you don't want a lot of that. So if you can start thinking in terms of, okay, the digital vegetable could strengthen my child's brain. And even though they're on school, you know, for seven hours, maybe they are learning self-discipline because you know, they're not like, oh, they wake up. I can't wait to get back online with my teacher. You know, this is not going to be an addictive thing for them. But what you can do and what the studies showed was the kids that did the best in terms of like getting better scores on thinking, reasoning, being able to command language, being healthier. These are the things that they had. And you as a dad can really say, hey, let's up the game and let's just put this good stuff in. 60 minutes of physical activity a day so that they were exercising, they were moving. You know, that's what kids do. Um, No more than two hours of recreational screen time a day. So no more than two hours of those of that candy. And, you know, for a lot of families, that's going to be too much. And you'd be like two hours of candy, you know, so but just no more than two hours of candy and then nine to 11 hours of sleep. And and that's what it comes in of you saying, hey, no screens in the bedroom and you being the big mean dad and even taking it away from your teenage girl who says she will die without it. But just the idea that when there's a screen in the phone, a screen in the room, Right. Picture it. You've got the you've got Ella as your baby, you know, picture it. If if your children stayed babies all the time and they were crying and waking you up all night long forever, like that would be awful. Right. Because you're (laughs) in that fog. You cannot think. Well, your child, when they have a phone in their room overnight, even if they're a teenager and they say everyone else has the phone, you know, that's like putting a crying baby in there. And every two hours it's like, hey, is anybody up? Hey, what you doing? Hey, let's start playing the video game. Hey, why don't you look at this picture? Hey, let's look at some porn. That is a crying. Even let's pretend all the content was benign, which it isn't, but let's just pretend it was. That's still waking up all the time. So you wonder why is my child so moody, so tired, can't focus in school? What would really help if they got nine to 11 hours of sleep? And that's something they may not do on their own. So you get to be the big mean dad and say, hey, you know what? 
I, I'm sorry about this. I know you're going to be disappointed. You're going to think I'm the craziest dad on the planet. But I was listening to this podcast and realizing you would just be so much happier and healthier if you got sleep. So we're going to, I'm going to collect your phone at night, you know, and again, you're not going to be the world's most popular dad, but you're going to be a good dad. Yeah. Cause I know I, that's so important. Yeah. I hear that. And a lot of, you know, that sounds simpler than I think some guys are going to feel in the right. reality, right? Like yeah. well, a lot of the guys listening have young kids. Like we have young kids. Yeah. We can, we can be that big angry dad when it yeah. comes to this and that's okay. Cause we've got, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven right. you know, kids that are younger than 10, but there are some dads who are listening to this and they've got teenagers and we, we even have friends who are uh, social workers and they've talked about this is like there are some major cultural and like huge family domestic issues happening when it comes to the phone, kids who have wanted to take their life, kids who have run away because they didn't have access to a phone or technology, like some big, big stuff happening. So what do you say to that dad? That's like, he's got a 13 year old yeah, and that, and like, this is the cause of some very serious problems in their home. Like Mm -hmm. what, what do you, how do you encourage that dad? Yeah, I remember speaking at a high school and after it was over, it was in the Midwest and a man walked up to me and he looked so strong, you know, he's, you know, over six feet tall, real stocky, strong guy. And he goes, thanks so much for telling me that I could collect my daughter's phone because I know in my heart I was supposed to, Hmm. but I was just kind of scared to do it. But you've kind of given me the courage to say it's okay to do it. And I couldn't believe it. You know, here I am, this girl, you know what I mean? And I'm telling this strong man. So I think a lot of it has to do with feeling like you're not crazy. Like maybe your wife is saying, that's so mean, chill, blah, blah, blah. But really just taking that responsibility of I'm the head of the home and I think this is what's right and I am going to do it. And then coming to that daughter, you know, not harshly, but you know, very gently and saying, Hey, honey, I know that's really important for you to have this phone that you feel like that's the way you connect with your friends. But I just want to do an experiment. And I, it's my, it's my heart that I want to see you happy. And I don't think this is making you that happy. So we're just going to do an experiment and I'm going to collect it for seven days overnight. And then we'll talk about this again mm-hmm. and just make it kind of real simple and no yelling, no accusing, you're on this phone too much, you're, you know, what are you choosing, you know, and then be ready for the onslaught of whatever she does, silent treatment, tears, screaming, whatever. But then what needs to happen, like when kids, right, when they think, wow, I'm going to, you know, think these suicidal thoughts because I don't have my phone, then obviously there's a huge need that's that's being met by that phone, but it's not, yeah. the phone's not doing a very good job of that because yep. it's a very shallow relationship. So then as you take away the phone, you can't just step back and hope, oh, well, I hope she does okay, right? It's you take away the phone and then it's, hey, honey, I'm going to date you for the next seven days. I mean, is that radical? Does that take your time? Yeah, but this is your daughter, right? Yep. So then it's like, hey, honey, I'm going to date you for the next seven days. And every night I'm going to take you somewhere different. And it doesn't obviously have to be a big thing. One could be a walk around the block. Next time could be like, hey, we're going to take a board game outside. And I'm going to play it with you or I'm going to play speed card game with you. You know, one night we're going out to ice cream. One night, and of course, your daughter's going to roll her eyes and be like, I don't want to be with you, dad. But what does it communicate to her? you're loved, you're worth it. Like, I love you. Like, you know, so I think if we become like strong, stubborn and a bit creative to show our love, and I know we've had Dr. Chapman on the, my co-author, you know, showing those love languages to your daughter to combat that. And for us not to act out of fear, like, Oh, I don't want to take away the phone. What if she harms herself, you know, but to realize, man, if she's in that position, we've got to do something. 
something has to be different. That's so good and so practical. And I love how you ended that there because I mean, this reminds me of God the Father, right? Like mm-hmm. this is how we this is how we lead our families well. We model what the Father is like. And yeah. God isn't just taking away things from us, but right. He's offering Himself instead. So instead of just me, like you not having this, like here is my presence and my presence is enough. And so uh, oftentimes as dads, like it's not just I'm going to take away everything you want, but sometimes it is that because we know this isn't best for you, but I'm also offering my presence. I want to be with you. I'm going to pursue your heart in the same way that God pursues my heart and he's pursuing your heart. And it's both of those things, like both of those things need to be happening. That's what spiritual leadership looks like. It's not just being, well, I'm the strongest one in this family. I'm the tallest and loudest voice and deepest voice. So I get to pick the rules. This is my house. You know, I'm going to take away your phone. You know, maybe some of it is that, but all, sure. it, that's only one sliver right. of spiritual leadership. Spiritual leadership says, I'm, I'm taking away the things that I know are going to harm you, but I'm also going to step in and I'm going to pursue your heart and yeah. I'm going to chase after your heart. So I love that. I mean, that's, that's so, so helpful. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying today's interview so far. I just want to take a quick pause and thank my friends over at Samaritan's Purse for sponsoring today's episode. If you're not familiar, Samaritan's Purse has a project called Operation Christmas Child. We've been partnering with them for the last couple of years, and we absolutely love what they are doing. The mission of Operation Christmas Child is to demonstrate God's love in a very tangible way to children in need around the world and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. What I love is that they're not just passing out these shoeboxes filled with gifts to millions of kids, but they're also focused on equipping these kids to really know what it looks like to follow Jesus, and they're involving their parents to be part of that as well. Uh, the, the shoeboxes alone are amazing. It's a very practical and tangible way to be a blessing, but also the way that they come alongside of these children and their families to really help equip them to follow Jesus. I just, I love the holistic approach of what they're doing. They've been doing this since 1993, and they've collected over 178 million gift-filled shoeboxes and passed them out to kids in over 160 countries and territories around the world. Like, just try to wrap your mind around that. It's insane. They've been doing this for a long time, and they do this for millions of kids. They do a really, really good job. This year, they're hoping to pass out 11 million more of these shoeboxes, and I definitely want the Dad Tired guys to be part of this, especially now, man, in the middle of the pandemic globally, and there's kids around the world who just, they're not going to have anything. I don't want them to feel forgotten. And so, man, if you're looking for a way as a spiritual leader of your home where you can help your kids learn what it looks like to be generous, to be thinking missionally and globally and how God's working all around the world, and you you want your kids to be part of that, this is such an easy and tangible way for you to teach your kids those things and at the same time be a huge blessing to these children around the world. So if you want to be part of it, uh, I highly encourage you either as your family or maybe you get a neighborhood block party going on and you guys do, you pack boxes together or maybe a school group or church group, whatever. Like you, you can do this in many different ways. We actually do this as a family and with our homeschool co-op group. So there's lots of ways that you can get involved. But if you're going to do it, you got to do it like kind of quickly because you have to turn in these boxes on their national collection week, which is November 16th to 23rd. You got to pack up these boxes and make Make sure they get turned in between November 16th and 23rd so that they can pack them up and send them out to the millions of kids and families that will receive them around the world. If you want to be part of it, go to SamaritansPurse.org forward slash OCC for Operation Christmas Child. Again, SamaritansPurse.org forward slash OCC. And you can go there to learn more about how to pack a shoebox or build one online. Really cool stuff. I highly encourage you to be a part of it. Can't recommend it enough. That being said, let's dive back into today's episode. 
you know what was interesting when I when I had my son with me on this trip uh, this last weekend. Uh, we didn't. There's no one. There was no internet at the camp, which is always so awesome. You, we see yeah. different sides of our kids right. when they don't have technology. It's amazing. But one thing that anytime I have an opportunity, I'm with my son. I'm trying to teach him these life skills that you were talking about at the beginning, like shake somebody's hand, look them in the eye. Uh, so there was like a snack bar there, and I went. I gave him my card, and I said, "All right, son, go in there and grab some food for us, and you, you know, make sure you use your manners and all that." And he came back and he said, "Dad, the lady there said that." Uh, I was the most polite boy she had ever <laughs> met before. And it was just so fascinating. Isn't all he it did, amazing? Isn't that crazy? All he isn't did was it? just say, thank you. And, you know, look her in the eye and all this stuff. But I mean, I, I think you're right that our kids are just losing these very basic life skills. Uh, if all we're teaching them is how to interact with humans on a screen, man, it's just crazy. So my um, husband, James, he will make the kids, our kids, like at a restaurant or whatever, like you have to, or even when they yep. were young, like yep. five, six, 100%. you know, yep. you have to order yourself. And if they don't understand you, you won't get what you want, yeah. you know? So yeah. we would teach them, like, you have to look at them and it's the same thing. Like, so at a restaurant, if all my kids did was look at the person and say, thank you, that's all they did is the server would say, you have the best behaved kids I have ever seen. I'm just like, they looked at you and said, thank you. So the bar is very low, my friend. So you can just hop right over that and raise some real (laughs) world changers by simply teaching them common courtesy skills. And we have that at um, screenkidsbook.com. We have 25 common courtesies that you could click on and check out and make sure checklist for your, your son or daughter to have. Yeah, that's helpful. Uh, what was it again? What was the website again? Screenkidsbook.com. Okay, great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, d- definitely go over there, guys, and, and get that. What You talk about like there's five skills that every child needs yeah. in a world that's just highly tech-driven. What are these five skills? Yes, we call them the A-plus social skills. So you guys know about the A-plus of the A's in school, which are great, but these are even better for life. A skill um, of affection. So can your child give and receive love? does your child feel love so they don't have to look for it in TikTok and Instagram and video game, you know, domination. So it's the skill of affection. Let's a hang pre- in there for a second. Yeah, yeah sure. Let's hang there for, what, what does yeah. that look like? Give, give us a practical example. For yes. What like. So looking at the five love languages, for instance, if your child's love language is physical touch. So like my daughter, Lucy, when she was two would be huggy, huggy. She want a huggy. So it's like, okay, I, I get that. So let's say you have a child who has touch. Well, what happens when technology comes into the house? You're not really sitting right next to your son daughter as they're posting something or as they're watching TV or whatever. Usually we're all on our separate devices watching exactly what we want because we don't want to watch what our sister, brother, mother, father are watching. So all of a sudden that skill of affection, of touch, hug, sitting close to each other, sitting on someone's lap and reading a book, that's gone. So Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden the affection is that love tank is empty because instead they've got their iPad in the hand, but they are not being held by someone, right? A small Mm. child with a parent. So just thinking of, can your child uh, look at someone in the eye and say, I love you? You know, Mm. can your child pivot away from a device in order to look at someone realizing this person is more important than my screen, being able to show affection to other people, and then obviously having affection shown to them properly so they feel loved, so they're not looking for their belonging somewhere else. 
Mm, that's helpful. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no good. problem. And then the next skill would be appreciation. And this is the whole idea of raising a grateful child. And really, I think this is so important because if you have a child who is grateful, that's going to be a foundation to so many other virtues. So instead of going through life like, you didn't give me this, or that's not fair, she got two, or how come she's got the latest iPhone and I have a flip phone, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> so they're they're whining instead of being appreciative. And so how do you have a child who is more appreciative. Uh, one is that you really are limiting that screen time because think screen time teaches them you can watch whatever you want, mm. right? It's not just like two choices. It's like you have 200,000 choices. Yeah, you yeah. can watch whatever you want. And if you don't like it, you just click away and you just click something else mm. that you like and you don't have to wait for it. It just comes automatically. You don't have to share with anybody. We'll give you your own device. Like the whole thing feeds on. I get what I want when I want it. And that's so then really, I'll, right. Yeah, I, that's, I'm sorry to interrupt you again. Yeah. That's, I've actually never tied those dots together. Yeah. Um, that's really powerful there that we, that technology, I've always thought of technology, you know, you, all the other things we've talked about and the dangers yeah. that on all the other ways, but the thought tying it to thankfulness and yeah. them just having, why in the world would they not be spoiled <laughs> right. if on their screen? They have any option they want at yeah. any time. Even the thought that you just said, like, we'll buy separate devices for each kid. Uh, yeah. Each kid can watch whatever they want. They have separate profiles on the, you know, yeah. Netflix or whatever. Holy cow, that's a that's a really big one. I had never thought of. That's I appreciate you tying that together. Yeah, so you go to someone's house and they serve something that your kid doesn't like and your kid's like, "I'm not eating that." Yeah. Right? You know, like I'm not a right. grateful person. I'm not just right. going to eat that and say thank you. I'm going to say, "We well, don't have to eat that at my house." You know, so just wow. that idea and then if you delay giving a device, like let's say they have to earn their money to get their first tablet or whatever when they're older, they're going to be much more appreciative of having it than if you just gave it at five, yeah. you know, so just think of how can I help my child to be more grateful and more appreciative for what they have. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. And then the next skill is anger management. You know, we all get angry, but does your child know how to deal with that anger? Uh, the fourth one is apology. Can your child apologize in real life instead mm -hmm. of just blaming, you know, someone else or something else? Uh, can they apologize to someone instead of just texting them? Sorry, you know, for something they really should apologize face to face right. for, you know? Uh, so can they apologize? And the last one is attention. Can your child pay attention? Can your child get lost in a book that they're interested in for hours? Can your child get lost in a book they hate for 15 minutes because they have to for school? You know, can they yeah. pay attention? Can they take that wandering mind and can they pay attention? And this is a huge one because you could ask any teacher, especially on Zoom calls. Can you imagine? <laughs> Like, yeah. how are we, we cannot keep these child's attention because again, like we talked about, think of Mr. Rogers and his pace and how that used to be the programming for children. And it's just very slow and very calming. I mean, he talks much slower than either you or I do. And then look at, you know, a cartoon for today. It's just moving, exploding colors, this, this. And so when a child is so used to that, they have a really hard time having sustained attention for a book or a lecture or quiet or a blank sheet of paper where they put their thoughts. And mm. that ability, especially for a Christian, I think is so important because how are you going to hear the voice of God? Right. You don't, they're used to just texting something and then answer comes within seconds. Mm. And so you pray to God and you think, okay, God, what's the answer? Well, I waited for a week and he didn't answer. So I guess it didn't work. 
it's because we don't have the skill of attention of being able to think deeply, to be able to wait, to concentrate. So that's something also very important for kids. So for those of you who are listening with young kids, two, three, four, five, instead of just handing over your phone or your iPad, because your kid doesn't know yet, right? You could pretend those things don't exist and your kid will soon learn, I guess that doesn't exist. And instead you hand over a book, you hand over a paper and pens. And believe me, you might get a little crying the first, second, third time, but by the fourth time, they're like, oh, okay, I guess I'm working with pens now. They don't care when they're little. And that's really going to help them pay attention later when they're older. The Mr. Rogers thing is really fascinating. I watched that documentary and how he was able to capture uh, the attention of kids, you know, nationwide. Right. And, and you're, and like you, what you were saying, there was no visual effects happening on this. I mean, it was puppets. It was his slow pace and like puppets, you yes. know. And yet these kids were just so fast. And that kids are kids, man. I don't care if it was 50 years ago, 100 years mm-hmm. ago, or today. Kids are kids. And, um, that slow pace attention, that's really fascinating. I would, I would, uh, recommend all the listeners to go watch that documentary. I don't remember the name of it, but I'm sure if you Google Mr. Rogers documentary, that'll, uh, That'll pop up. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it would be unfair, I think, for us to have this conversation and just kind of say, well, we need to get our kids under control, under control with their screen time and not really address kind of the elephant in the room. And that's how much dads and moms are on their screen and, uh, and how hypocritical we can be, uh, to say, you know, kids, you better learn how to figure this out. And then they find us with a glowing face right? You know, with, for the majority of the day. So I guess let's do what no listener probably wanted us to do right now, yeah. but let's just talk about the, how, how much of the, uh, the role, uh, comes back to the parents and, and, and that affecting the kids screen time. Yeah. They did a survey of 6,000 kids asking from throughout the world, asking what, what bugs you about your parents? And mm. 54% of kids said that my parent checks their phone too often, oh, you know? So it's just this idea that, and again, it's a worldwide problem. I think in Brazil, they reported 87% of kids oh said gosh. that. So it's wow. not a, you know, so it's everywhere. And so it's just this idea, if you were your child looking at you, you know, do they see you constantly on the phone? And you might think to yourself, but I'm working, like I am working so this child can eat. And that's probably 95% true. Yeah. So then that comes to, hey, child of mine, let me in, let me let you in on what I'm doing. So even for young kids, and if you as a parent have to say, Hey, I have to return emails for half an hour. And then after this half an hour, we can go grab a snack together. Then all of a sudden your child knows what you're doing. You have the accountability of, yeah, I better wrap this up instead of like checking the news, checking the sports, checking this, checking that, you know, so that makes me more accountable. So explaining to your kids, what do you use your screens for? So they understand, oh, this has a purpose. And then really being more diligent to say, I guess I better not waste my time because I need to spend time with the kids. So one thing I talk about is the pivot. And the pivot doesn't take you any extra time, doesn't cost any money. And it's just this. If you're on your phone, your computer, your laptop, whatever, and your child comes into the room, you pivot away from your device. Hey, eye contact. How's it going? Do you need anything? Great. Yeah. The soccer ball's in such and such place. Okay, great. Talk to you later. Okay. And it's the same amount of time as you just talking over your shoulder to your child, but the pivot communicated to your child, Hey, I can turn away from this anytime I want to. You're mm-hmm. the most important to me. Your, your laptop doesn't care if you're looking at it or not, but your right. child cares and knows. And if your child constantly is seeing you looking down at your phone, 
then they're going to get the message. I am not as important as your phone. So it may need boundaries. Um, Cal Newport, author of Deep Work, he's, I, I was just listening to a podcast and he was talking about rituals to begin the workday and rituals to end the workday. And how interesting, because I think that's the thing is you can work all the time at home because you can, your devices are with you. So, so whether it's, Hey, after dinner, I power down and I have that ritual so that I can give my children my undivided attention for half an hour, you know, before we go do our own things or whatever it is, you know, I get it. You're not going to be staring at your child 24 hours a day. I understand that, but there's gotta be time in the day where it's just you and them, no devices present. And then when there is a device and they come up to you for you to pivot away from it. So they feel like I am important to you. That's really, really helpful. We, uh, we have what's called a family leadership program, and we talk about in our family leadership program for guys uh, a morning routine, how they're starting their day, uh, really technology-free. And then we actually did a live training with those guys in, the, in that group, uh, and we talked about what you just said, the, the kind of the end-of-the-day routine. Yeah. And same kind of thing, like what does the end of your day look like? But, man, that's so helpful. That's great. Um, I want to talk about too, like I want guys to, we've talked a lot of really practical things here, but I I would encourage every guy that's listening to this right now. A lot of times we are offering our kids a screen as a way to just kind of catch a break or to babysit our kids or to like just have some peace and quiet. And I would just encourage like all of us um, to dig deeper there. Like, why am I passing this off? Yeah. Like, why am I, why, what is it really going on in my own heart that wants me to not dig after, uh, my, my daughter's heart when I take away the phone or why am I not wanting to engage with my wife and kids? Like what else is going on there? I always want to just get past like the behavior changes yeah. and really dig into the heart stuff. So, uh, do, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I'm just like, if you go a deeper level here, what, what might be happening underneath the surface? Yeah. Two thoughts come to mind. One is just having that broader perspective of, okay, I've got 18 summers with this kid Yeah, and yep. I don't want this just to pass me by because usually we just, oh, we want to just get through it. We're on survival mode. They're on your nerves. Things are happening. It's just so much noise in the house. And it's just like, oh, right. Just on a day-to-day basis, it's like, man, it's work. Mm -hmm. It's work. But to realize, wait a minute, I only have 18 years of this. And I promise you talk to any grandpa, you talk to any retired person and they'll get misty eyed and say, it's so quiet in this house. And I really wish I was back in those years where I had a full house and full family. I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way. And for us, while we're in the thick of things to get that and to go, I'm going to re-engage. Like I'm not, this isn't going to be here forever. I'm going to re-engage and I'm going to get in there and I'm going to make a difference in these kids' lives. You know, and you have to have fun together. So so not everything is like, oh, such an effort. So my husband loves ultimate frisbee. So that's like soccer with a frisbee, a lot of turnover, a lot of running, and he played it in college. So through the pandemic, he got this bright idea like we're going to play ultimate frisbee in the park every Sunday. And we're just going to invite every single person on earth that we know and hope that five <laughs> people show up, you know. And so every Sunday we've been playing 
playing ultimate frisbee. Um, I have a junior in high school, a, a freshman in high school, and a sixth grader. So the five of us get out on the field and we play, and it's so much fun. So as you're thinking about how do I engage with my kids, it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom and like oh this is gonna be so awful. Like think of things you enjoy as yeah. a dad and how can you bring your kids into it. So yeah. my husband's the master of this. He drags us into everything. <laughs> so whether it's camping overnight to skiing to now he's getting into rowing like he's just kind of crazy ballistic and he just doesn't even care if we're interested right he's just like we're all doing this Come yeah, you know I, yeah, yeah i just need to say real quick well I, you know i sorry to interrupt you here yeah we need, no problem we, you we need your husband to listen to the dad tired podcast because he's clearly not tired enough like your yeah, husband exactly. like what is going so on true. here it's he's so rowing true. and stand up he's, he's making frisbees. us tired he is Man. making us tired that's the problem <laughs> maybe that's the game is you change it all up and all of yeah, a sudden it's like psychology. family tired yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is awesome no he sounds uh, oh, i just need word. a sliver of his energy He's oh my goodness doing a lot, a lot awesome. of what's funny about this is it's headspace so in mm. his head he'll say things like i'm like concrete i'm mixed up and permanently <laughs> set you know so like that. but it's just it's his headspace of going like hey dude it's my way or the highway but mm. he's really fun of course yeah. and loving and it and that works um but basically as you're talking about that perspective and then it's with your kids, when you're like, oh, do I want to get it's play that movie forward. Mm. What happens if you just kind of stay the course and we just spend our time on screens? You know, how close are you when that child graduates from high school? You know, yeah. what kind of relationship do you have? What what kind of Thanksgiving do you have 20 years from now when they come back home? You know, just play that movie forward of what kind of relationship do you want? And if you want a good relationship, which I think we all do, yeah. then that means we have to be willing to make the investment now of knowing each other. And when you're all on screens, everybody, we're not really knowing each other. You know, so start it with family meal time that it's screen free and you're trying at least for five meals a week together. It can be breakfast. It doesn't have to be dinner, you know, but you're you're spending time together and and get that energy to say, hey, I'm going to engage because I want to have a relationship with my kids when they're older. I love that long-term perspective. Life is so, so short. I'm married to an oncology nurse. Every day mm. we talk about death. Wow. And uh, this is it, man. It's just going to go by so much faster than all of us think it is. Yeah. Uh, I promise I love, you, you know how the two high schoolers and the sixth grader, I mean, a second ago, yeah. I was with, where you are with your yeah. little kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's scary. Uh, as we wrap up here, I, again, I, I just want to encourage the guys, like when you think about your own life, uh, I would imagine that you're not really finding Jesus most often on a screen. And, uh, and what we want most for our kids is for them to know and to love Jesus, to be in love with him, to show him off to the world. And we just know in our own personal lives, like I'm, most of my deep encounters with God have not come through a screen. God mm-hmm. has used screens and sermons and podcasts and things like that to draw me closer to him. But for the most part, like I'm finding God yeah. when I'm not looking at a screen. And if we want our kids to, you know, find Jesus and to fall in love with Jesus, it probably isn't going to most often happen on a screen. And so this is, a, again, beyond just like good behaviors and science data and all this stuff, like more than all of that, we want our kids to be lovers of Jesus. And how do we set them up in an environment to do that best? Um, Arlene, as we close out here, I want to just give you the final word to any dad who's listening, who feels exhausted and he's trying his best to lead his family. Well, what do you want to say to encourage that guy? You can say to your family, you know what, guys, 
I am struggling. I'm struggling with my screen time, but here's what I'm going to do. It's okay to show your struggle. Tell your wife, tell your kids. It makes you human and it helps your kids realize, hey, dad's got to work on his, you know, scrolling through social media also. So be okay with doing that. And I just echo what you said that those deep spiritual experiences, you're right, they happen not when you're on the phone. And to give our kids comfort being away from their phone so they can be, can you imagine if your kids are at camp or doing something spiritual and they're like, I got to get my phone. It like yeah. short circuits yeah. what could happen there. Um, my friend, Mark Matlock, uh, who co-authored yeah, with yeah. Uh, David Kinnaman, yeah, Faith in Exile. He just said these two words, screens, disciple. Yeah. And you know what? The, your kids are being discipled and you want them to be discipled by you and to become a disciple of Jesus. And so that is a great question. If screens are not being used to help your child become followers of Jesus, then it's like, why am I paying for this screen? Why mm -hmm. am I tolerating this screen? You know, you get what you tolerate. Mm -hmm. And so if these are things we tolerate, then no wonder that we say, how'd you go sideways when you were 18? Oh, you've mm -hmm. been being discipled by this YouTube star for the last 12 years, you wow. know, instead of me. So really be that guardian in your home. And I think no one ever regrets, like, no one says things like this in closing. I wish I would have given my daughter social media sooner. You know, I really wish my son would have started playing Fortnite sooner. Man, I should have bought that phone when they were in elementary school. That would have been so awesome. Nobody, nobody says that, yeah. right? But they all say, I wish I wouldn't have given the tablet. I wish I wouldn't have gotten her a phone. I wish I wouldn't have let him play this certain game, right? So be okay to be that dad to say, hey, I'm not going to live in that regret. I'm going to make really good decisions for my kids. It's encouraging. It's convicting. Man, I would just encourage you again. Uh, this is what spiritual leadership looks like. It's stepping into the battle for our kids. It's protecting them in every sense of the word. Um and uh, it's stepping into things that are countercultural and pointing them to the kingdom of Jesus instead of the kingdom of this world. Thank you, Arlene, for taking the time to hang out with us today. This was really, really helpful. And I'm so glad that you uh, decided to spend some time with us. I can't thank you enough. Thanks so much, Jared. Hey guys, if you found this helpful on your spiritual leadership journey and you want to dive deeper into what it looks like to be the man that God's called you to be, to lead your family well, make sure to go to dadtire.com forward slash lead and you can dive into our family leadership program. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Later.